by the grace from God our Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord, again be multiplied unto each one of you, now and ever henceforth. Amen. We have already been around God's eternal and undying word, and we certainly want to thank God for those things which we have been partakers of. First of all, I do want to give you loving greetings from my wife and from my children and those who knew I was coming to uh, your meet. Unfortunately, my wife was not able to come because of certain reasons. Uh, just recently, I was together with Carl Nemetalo. We traveled to uh, Brazil and Argentina, and the people there, they asked me also to give greetings to the children of God here in America. But as we continue our services in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, it's so important that we Again, draw nigh unto our Heavenly Father, that He will send greetings from on high. That He will be with uh, me by His Spirit, and lead and guide each one of us, and also open our hearts. Uh, if we come to the hearing of the Word, and we don't really have a desire for to hear His Word, we might even go empty from the services. But if we come for to hear his word, we ask the Lord that uh, your Lord speak and thy servant will listen. And oftentimes, uh, when our heart is in this condition, uh, God also wants to give us of those things which come from him. And that is a time when the word is precious unto us. That is his time. Uh, the time is flying away. Oftentimes it seems that the services might uh, go a little long, especially when there is two speakers. But when our heart is open before his word and we are partaker of his word, the time is going to fly and it will be so good to be under the hearing of his word. We will say like David said once. Um, he said, he makes known um, that um, thy word um, was heard and I did eat it. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart because I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. May God's word be a joy and a rejoicing of the heart of his people. Let us turn to a portion of God's word which recorded in Jeremiah, the 25th chapter. We will read those words in the precious name of the Lord. O Lord, thou art my God, I will exalt thee. I will praise thy name, for thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsel of all our faithfulness and truth. For thou hast made our city a heap, our defense city a ruin, a palace of strangers to be no city, it shall never be built. Therefore shall the strong people glorify thee, 
the city of the terrible nations shall fear thee. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, when the blast of the terrible one is as a storm against the wall. Thou shalt bring down the noise of the strangers as the heat in a dry place, even the heat with the shadow of a cloud. The brands of the terrible ones shall be brought low. And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wine on the least, of fat things full of marrow, of wine on the least, well refined. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people and the veil that is spread over all nations. And he will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all, from of all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from of all the earth, for the Lord has spoken it. And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God, we have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for him. He will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. For in this mountain shall the hand of the Lord rest, and Moab shall be trodden down under him, even as the straw is trodden down for the dunghill. And he shall spread forth his hand in the midst of them, as he that swimmeth spreadeth forth his hand to swim. And he and he shall bring down the spoil together with uh, the pride together with the spoil of their hands, and of the fortress of the high fort of thy walls shall he bring down, lay low, and bring to the ground, even to the dust. Amen. Isaiah was a prophet in old times and. Certainly, he spoke a lot of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as also of what will take place when he came. The 53rd chapter of Isaiah certainly makes known unto us uh, in very detail how our Lord Jesus Christ would would be rejected of man and how he will suffer and die for our sin's sake. I'm sure Isaiah, as he wrote those things down, were led by the Spirit of God. And certainly when we see uh, those writings by the prophet, uh, already making known unto us uh, many, many years before the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, that will strengthen us in our faith. That will will ensure us that those things which we speak of have taken place. It has been established, it's taken place, and now it is all for us to believe it. But the devil, he will come in many ways to try, try to destroy our faith and our foundation and the assurance that this has taken place. And in many ways he will try to dilute Christianity and try to also lead us astray in so many ways. 
That is the reason over and over again we need to go back to the word of God, which is a foundation for our faith, for our Christianity, and also should establish us in such a way that when those winds of doctrine and teaching comes around, we know what the word of God says, and thereby are not going to uh, go astray. I know the Lord is able by His Spirit to guide us and is also able to take care of us. Jeremiah makes known here and says, O Lord, thou art my God. I wish from the bottom of our heart that we all can say this, that He is my God. I will exalt thee and I will praise thy name. For thou hast done wonderful things, thy counsel of all our faithfulness and truth. God's counsel is always faithfulness as truth. And he certainly has done wonderful things, as we already have heard of, even this morning. The problem is, are we able to see it? Are we able to behold it? Are we able to believe it? Are we able to believe that those wonderful things which he have done has been done for my sake and for the sake of the whole world? Living Christianity is Christianity where we can behold that those things which God have done, he has done for my sake and that I, that I am partaker of this by faith. Thy counsel of all our faithfulness and truth. Many times we, we can say things and we can predict things, but that doesn't mean that what we say and what we predict will be established, will take place. But what God says in His Word, the, His counsel of all are always faithfulness and truth. And that is the reason when we allow the word of God to a free course among us and what God has said to be made known in our midst, that is always faithfulness and truth. It will always stand. God's word will always stand by itself. It doesn't need anybody to uphold it. It will stand. Even if, even if men try to destroy it, try to tear it down, still we stand. Many times I feel very sorry for those people who belittle God and belittle Christianity and all that. I feel sorry for them because the moment and the day will come when even those men has to face that eternal death that unknown thing which is in front of them and they cannot escape. Many times the thought that came to my heart, what are they now thinking about? They are going to face that which is unknown for them and they are going to depart from this world as they are. I know many times men can be proud and men, men can say things and be uh, so high minded and so strong in itself that uh, the world can comfort 
which actually is more or less uh, a word of ignorance and word uh, which shouldn't be said uh, they should rather do ju just like uh, Job uh, did when God was speaking to him and then he said once I put my hand before my mouth because I've been speaking of that which I do not know and this is really what they should do too and maybe some of them do feel in that way when they are facing that unknown unknown certainty when death in front of the, is in front of them but for those who have spoken in this way and God has awakened them to the knowledge of what they are that they are sinners that they are an unclean thing before God and God has given them grace of repentance they have gone that road where they are have acknowledged their sins and their transgression and then the destiny which is in front of them is not an unknown destiny but it is a destiny to that place which the Bible makes known of heaven and I hope that is the destiny for all of us and all of, all the mankind in this world uh, certainly want to go to heaven especially of those who do believe that there is a God and there is a heaven and I certainly hope that this is in our heart a desire to go to that place where righteousness dwells but we know if we want to go to that place we also live according to the word and we also have to lay aside all weight and sin which has so easily beset us and run the rate which is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith God's faithfulness is always and counsel is always uh, true but then he goes on he makes known here for thou hast made a city of a heap a defense city a ruin a palace of strangers to be no city shall never be built what is he really talking about here it's kind of difficult to maybe search the mind of this prophet what he's talking about uh, the prophet may be talking about uh, Jericho. We know Jericho was a city which was destroyed and is not in it, it existing anymore. And certainly uh, what God did when he destroyed uh, Jericho was certainly a marvelous thing. Have you ever read how God commanded his children, his priest, his armed soldier, his armed soldier was the first one to go around and then the priest and the covenant and the people to go around that city each day. But the seventh day they should go around seven times. But remember how the uh, priest they blew in the trumpet. But the seventh day as they blew the trumpet and also made known uh, 
as Joshua made known to the children of Israel that they should shout how the walls of Jericho fell down by itself. When you read the word of God, we notice that the walls of Jericho were very strong and high. It was so difficult to take this city that there was no human power really who could take the city. And the men in the city was a many war. They were good fighters. But here we can see the might and the power of God. As God allowed his glory to be made known among the heathens as well as among the children of Israel. He strength his power which endure forever, which we have to a certain uh, point uh, seen as he led the children of God out of the land of Egypt to the promised land. Here the walls of Jericho is falling down, trembling, and without the sword and the spear and the power of man, God allowed the children to take this city, this cursed city, and certainly, as he allowed them to take the city, the message also went forth uh, to uh, other people. But we remember also, in that city there was one woman, a harlot, whose name was Rahab. How this, the house of Rahab and those who were in that house were saved. If you remember, there was the covenant established with the spies and with Rahab. As Rahab begged for her life, she be because she believed in the living God and the power of Him. But remember the scarlet thread which would hang out from her window. And that was a sign where she was living. And that was the place they should be. And those who were in that house, as all other places was destroyed, they were saved. Rahab believed the living God. Isn't that amazing to see in the word of God? The grace of God, the mercy of God. Here we are reading of one who is a harlot. And we can see how God's mercy and grace was to this harlot. And why was God's mercy and grace to her? Because she believed in a living God. And I'm sure her desire was not to live a lifestyle anymore in that way as she had been living in time past. And other times when I read the word of God and I can see the grace which God bestowed upon even those great sinners as Rahab. And even as Tamar. And even Judah. Isn't that amazing when you read how the lineage of God went through Tamar. As Judah had promised her to give uh, her his uh, son. Because uh, earlier uh, his son which was living with Tamar which was very wicked God took him away and in those days the law was that the next one should uh, get married with 
this widow in that way great seed and this Tamar realized that Judah was not going to uh, hold to his promise and what did she do she did something which we probably will not recommend we don't want anybody to do that she allowed herself to look like a harlot and then she was sitting by the wayside she knew that Judah would come this way and then Judah did what he shouldn't have done uh, he went into her and she was with child and then she asked also for a for a, a token or a sign uh, because Judah did promise her some something I think some some uh, cattle or some animals and she got the bracelet and the staff but remember later when the message was given to Judah that uh, Harlot had been living in adultery and then Judah said bring her out and stone her remember when Tamar was standing before Judah and before the children of Israel she didn't say who whom she was with child with but she said I am with child with this whose staff and the bracelet belong to and then Judah said don't stone her she is much better than I isn't that amazing when you look upon this when you see that the grace of God was even in such a way toward her that the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ came to her the grace of God is marvelous we don't have words we don't really have a true understanding of to realize how great that grace of God is we can only allow the word pranayan to us and if the Spirit of God look upon us and enlighten us of what we are, we will see daily how the grace of God is also toward us. The prophet makes known, the same prophet, he says that we are all as unclean thing and all over righteousness as filthy rat and we all fade as leaves and over iniquity as the wind had taken us away. Are we able this morning to realize that we are only dust and ashes and that we really are all that unclean thing? Or is that some leaven of the Pharisees in us? And I, sh I know that there is. Which want to elevate us that we are something better than anybody else, somebody else. By the grace of God we are what we are. And may God always allow us to see that what we are is by the grace of God. It's not because of our marriage or what we have done, but because of what God has done through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that He made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we through Him should be made, should be made the righteousness of God. That is the reason we are the children of God. 
Not because of what we have done or what we haven't done, but because the grace of God. And that grace is sufficient every day. Every day, every, every day is a new day of His grace toward you and toward me. When God once spoke to Paul, He made known unto him that my grace is sufficient unto thee. God's grace had to be also toward him. He was such a great tool in the hands of God. And God's grace should also be sufficient to you and to me. But that doesn't mean that when we are in the grace of God that we want to live an unrighteous or ungodly lifestyle. Because when the grace of God is dwelling with us, it does teach us to deny all ungodliness and worthy love to live soberly or righteously and godly in this present world. The grace of God does not teach that we should live in adultery or stealing or uh, things which the word of God makes known unto us as sin. But when the grace of God is dwell in, dwelling in our heart, it will teach us as the Spirit of God does teach us as the word of God makes known unto us that teach us that we should live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. But here it makes known unto us, Therefore shall the strong people glorify thee, and the city of the terrible nation shall fear thee. Who is the strong people? Those are those who are walking in the grace of God. Remember, as already uh, quoted Paul, he mentioned that, as God mentioned to him, my grace is sufficient unto thee. But he also said, for my strength it made perfect in weakness. When we are weak and we uh, lean upon God, upon God's guiding, upon God's help, then we are strong. But when we are strong in ourselves, then we are weak. Many times those who have thought they have been something and they are, they feel strong within themselves, oftentimes they have fallen flat on their faces. And certainly in their life and in the journey things have come and they have done things which they should not have done. They really was weak when they thought they were strong. They didn't withstand temptation. They thought they were strong enough to withstand temptation. But none of us is strong enough to stand against any temptation. The Word of God makes known unto us that we should flee temptation. For though has been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat, from the blast of the terrible one, is as a storm against the world. He has always been a refuge from the poor and a strength to the needy in his distress. He has always been those who stand by, those who are weak in themselves, who need the help of God, who need the guidance from God, who have Draw nigh unto him in prayer, 
He has always been with them and strengthened them, even if they have been weak in themselves, as then they have been strong, because the Lord has been with us. Whom the Lord is with, who can be against? And Luther makes known that if God is with us, uh, even the whole world is against us. And certainly when the blessed hand of the Lord is over us, it doesn't matter where we are in this world, there is no one who can harm us, no one who can do anything to us, because we are in the hands of God. Those who bring down the noise of the strangers, as the heat in the dry place, even the heat with the shadow of the cloud, and the branch, uh, the branch of the terrible one, they shall be brought low. And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fasting. Now he's starting to speak about what living Christianity is all about. We are in a time where we celebrate Easter. And Easter is a message to us of what God has done for all mankind in that he gave his only begotten son, that Lamb of God to be that sacrifice for all the sins of the whole world. And when he speaks here, and in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fair things. We often can turn to uh, Mount Golgotha, and we often can can see what he did that, and that is the very uh, main point in our uh, ministry, in our preaching, in our salvation. Uh, but it's very important to also realize that what he did that uh, was important, but also just as important that he was born into this world as well as also that he rose again. Uh, from the dead. When he speaks here uh, of, as he says here, and in this mountain said the Lord of hosts, make it all, make unto all people a feast of fasting, a feast of wine on the least, of fasting full of marrow, of wine on the least, well refined. He's speaking of uh, what living Christianity is all about. And now in this congregation, there is many young people. And I know with young youth, there can be used uh, temptation and used problem. I have been a young man. I know a little bit though the problem and youth have. I know sometimes they do things they shouldn't do. And sometimes they... Do not want to listen. I have been as one who has been disobedient too. I know all about how it is with the youth. One thing I want to mention for you youth is that ask God to guide you. I cannot stress this to you, how important it is to ask that God will guide you. And that God would reveal unto you what living Christianity is all about. And know when God reveals unto you what living Christianity 
is all about. It will be exactly as it says here. It will be a feast of fat things, a feast of wine on the leaves, of fat things full of marrow, of wine on the leaves well refined. Because if God reveal unto you what he has done by the Spirit, you will also experience the joy of salvation. When you also experience the joy of salvation, you will experience something you never will experience any other places except when you read the Word of God and when you are under the hearing of God's Word. When God draws nigh unto you by His Spirit and through His Word. That is the reason I stress this this morning to you to ask that God will guide you through this life. Because when God reveals unto you what living Christianity is all about, what He has done that He even allowed His Son to be hanging on the middle cross of Calvary for you's sake. You will have a drawing to this world, but you will not have a desire to go out into this world. There will be a temptation, and the temptation can be in many ways, but you will not have a will to go in that direction. And that is the reason that I say this morning, ask the Lord to reveal unto you that what He has done, because when, you, when the Lord reveal unto you what he has done, then those temptations and those things which is so close to our flesh will not be so valuable to us anymore. Our pride will disappear. Our honor will disappear. There will be a will and a desire in our heart to follow the word of God. To... As David makes known, one thing have a desire of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to inquire in His temple and see the beauty of the Lord. That will be in your heart. And when that is in your heart, beloved in the Lord, then also the joy of salvation will be there. And that is the strength. When the joy of salvation is, is there, you will see by the eyes of faith that the Allah of our Lord Jesus Christ to be hanging on the middle cross of Calvary for your sake, that just you could be saved. If you was the only one living upon this earth, the Lord has to go and do the same thing as he had done for all mankind. But now, when the Spirit draw nigh unto you, and when he revealed the mystery and the joy of salvation, and you are partaker of that joy by faith, there will be a certain, a certain joy kindled in your heart that, that you will never forget that moment when he revealed for you really what living Christianity is all about. Remember, in the Word of God, in the 8th chapter of John, there was a woman taken in her very act in adultery. And the scribes, the Pharisees, they came to Jesus with this woman. And they said, this woman was taken in her very act in adultery. And Allah, Moses said that such 
should be stoned, but what sayest thou? At that moment, Jesus didn't say anything. But what did he do? He stooped down on the ground, and then he began to write on the ground something. And then he said, He who is without sin, he cast the first stone on her. That's all he said. And then he continued uh, right on the ground. And what took place at that time? The oldest one had to leave. And all the rest had to leave. And here Jesus was standing with the woman. And that woman was standing before him. She knew what she had done was wrong. She knew the full guilty of death. And then the message came. And no one condemned thee. No one. And then the Lord said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Do you know that this woman met a friend she will never forget? Doesn't matter how long she's going to live here upon this earth, she's never going to forget that friend which spoke to her, neither would I forgive you, go and sin no more. And this is how it is, when our Heavenly Father by His Spirit ran nigh unto us, and reveal unto us what living Christianity is all about. Reveal unto you, you young, that He loved you so much, that He sent His only begotten Son to this world for to suffer and die and rose again for our justification. And when this is revealed unto you, and you will, and you experience the love and the care, the forgiveness which God has toward you, Regardless of what you are, you will never forget the moment when this was revealed unto you. That joy was filled your heart, which is unspeakable, would strengthen you the moment when this took place will always be in your mind. And as you go away from the services, from the Word of God, even if you read the Word of God, you will say in your heart that I want to live for the Lord who allowed me so much that He gave His own life for me and that He has forgiven me all my sins and my transgression. I will be a child of God all the days of my life. I want to see the beauty of the Lord. I want to read His Word. I want to hear His Word. I want to be in the fellowship of those who come for to hear the Word of God. Even if they are old, sometimes the use pride comes in and the devil can come in and say, how can I be with those old people? They are old and maybe sometimes a little bit mixed up. But when the love of God is dwelling in our heart, and we have tasted the goodness of God, His forgiveness, His grace, no one will feel that, 
I'm too young for to be together with older one. We are just like one family. And together we want to travel hand in hand toward our celestial city. We're only going to be here for a little while. And the moment and the day will come when we depart from this world. We know everything has a beginning and it also has an end. But that end will come. As it has a beginning, so it also has an end. For all of us, we have once been young, but when we get old, we know very well that the old should die, the young can die. So that when that moment comes, we can say, Come, Lord Jesus, I waited for you. There will be always a longing in the heart for those who are redeemed, who have been partaker of the redemptive work of our Lord Jesus Christ, which travel by grace, which recognize what they are, but also recognize what God had done for them in Christ Jesus our Lord, as it makes known here. It will be a feast of wine on a leaf, of fasting full of marrow, of wine on a leaf well refined. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people, and the world that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death and victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken, yes. We know, beloved, in the Lord. When unbelief is in the heart, and sins is that it has to be taken away. The time is running away from us. For God, we are waiting for Him. And He will save us. This is the Lord. We are waiting for Him. He will be glad and rejoice in His salvation. For in this mountain shall the hand of the Lord rest. And Moab shall be trodden under Him. Even as a stride trodden down for the dunghill. And he shall spread forth his hand in the midst of them, as he that springs, springeth forth his hand to swim. And he shall bring down the pride together with the spoil of their hands, and the fortress of the high fort of thy walls shall be brought down, laid down, and bring to the ground even to the dust. The word of God speaks of Mount Zion, but he also speak of Mount Sinai. When he speaks here, for in this mountain shall the whole of the Lord rest. I believe he's speaking here of Mount Sion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the innumerable company of angels, the church of the firstborn. But when he speaks here, and Moash will trodden down under him, He's speaking about the children of unbelief. Those who are living away from the covenant as well as also from the teaching of God's war. When he speaks here, he takes a natural picture of a swimmer. He's speaking here as a swimmer is spreading forth his hand for to swim. So he's speaking also of their lifestyle. It's a life of emptiness. It's a lifestyle of no direction, and it's a lifestyle 
which will end in condemnation and in eternal separation before God. And that is a lifestyle which doesn't have any blessing with. That is a reason, beloved in the Lord, especially to the young one, I will say that the devil can come to you and he can come and, and show unto you the world and the glory thereof and the joy thereof. But do you know, there is a certain joy. Moses, he wanted to rather suffer affliction with the people of God that you have a joy of sin for a season. Why? Because he esteemed the reproach of Christ greatly richer for the treasure of Egypt because he saw hand the recompense of the reward. Think about of those who are living as the children of Moab. They are living and in their homes there is pain there. There is suffering there. There is divorce. There is argument there. There is word which is, should not be said. And the children is brought up and hear all those things. Do you think there is a joy in their heart when they hear that dad and mom is fighting and cursing and all those things? I don't think so. Oftentimes the children have a tender heart and they need care and they need love. That was one of the reasons of our Lord Jesus Christ allowed them to be an example for us. They need care, they need love. They often times need to sit on dad and mom's lap. They need the protection. They need dad and mom more than we realize. And usually a stable home will also stabilize their, their, their life as also the word of God does. That is the reason church as a whole is good. It does stabilize people's life. But living Christianity and what they have done is more valuable than anything else. Anything else. It will stabilize them also when they are all out among unbelievers and also the direction they are going. Solomon says, In all thy way acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. Be not wise in thy own eyes, fear the Lord, depart from evil. May that be in your heart, you young, and in all our heart. May we allow him by his spirit to lead us and guide us, to direct us, as the Spirit of God always lead and guide us by his word. May he help us in all thy way acknowledge him, and he will direct thy path. His word is faithful and truth. It certainly will reject Direct us as he had directed us even to this day. May God help us in Jesus' blessed name. Amen. Should we draw nigh our heart in a thanks and also a thank for the food which we will receive. We thank the Lord for the word. The word certainly is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. We thank thee also for the uh, bread, the national bread which we part, we will partake of. They know it's also from thy hand. 
Oftentimes we take those things from granted, but right now unto us and reveal unto us that if you, dear Heavenly Father, if you don't allow rain to come and the sun to shine, there will not be any food. That is the reason the blessing comes from thee, as even thy servant made known unto us, that all good and all perfect gift come from thee. It comes from the Father of light, is human is there is no wearableness, neither shadow of turning. Bless also the the bread of life uh, into our heart. May that be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Help the young one, dear Heavenly Father, that they can comprehend and see what living Christianity is all about. And that it is a better way. The way which you, uh, in thy word and by thy spirit, want to direct them. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Sister Ardell Samro uh, talked to Kai and Elizabeth Asplund from Pirtasadi, and they wish to have their greetings conveyed to all. Kai had a mild stroke in February, but he is recuperating quite well. The schedule for our continuing services at 2 o'clock this afternoon and 6 p.m. this evening. Then on Tuesday evening at 7 p.m., Thursday evening at 7 p.m., on Good Friday, 2 p.m. and 7 p.m., and on next Easter Sunday, 10.30 a.m., 2 p.m. and 6 p.m., and Easter Sunday will be Communion Sunday. The groups which are serving for for today, are uh, Group 2 is serving lunch, and Group 3, supper, and Group 6, coffee. I have uh, two wedding invitations to read. Love bears all things, love believes all things, hopes all things, endure all endures all things. Love never fails. First Corinthians thirteen one three, no thirteen seven and eight. God has led two lives to take one path. Mr. and Mrs. Henry Lauka and Mr. and Mrs. Dale Quested request the honor of your presence at the marriage of their children. Janice Maria and Brian Samuel on Saturday the 17th of April 1999 at 2 o'clock in the afternoon Apostolic Lutheran Church 19555 Fremont Avenue Shoreline, Washington reception following ceremony if you are unable to attend we ask your presence in thought and prayer And believing that holy matrimony is ordained by God, and in the spirit of Christian joy, Mr. and Mrs. Kenneth Savala request the honor of your presence at the marriage of their daughter, Danita Ruth, to Aaron Delbert, son of Mr. and Mrs. Jim Mano, on Saturday, the 10th of April, 1999, at 6 o'clock in the evening, Apostolic Lutheran Church, Goen Road, New Ipswich, New Hampshire. If unable to attend, we ask your presence in thought and prayer. A reception immediately following the ceremony. There's a meal prepared for all downstairs. All are welcome. And in closing, we'll sing song number 338, 
And then we will have one more song, uh, song number 73. During the singing of this song, we'll carry a free will offering for the benefit of the church.